here we are. Uh, title of the message today is What on Earth is Going On? And last week's message on Come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. We need that, don't we folks? Even during tough and hard times when your heart gets heavy and even burdened with intercession and prayer, we need to be able to release that to the Lord, trust in Him, and not walk in it day after day because He says, come to me and I'll give you rest. Um, something practical, and, and you know, we're going to do something very practical today. We're going to go pray on school campuses. But uh, another practical thing to do is Tomorrow in Washington, D.C., two uh, bills are getting voted on, uh, the infrastructure bill and the voting bill. And um, I want to encourage you to call. You can call today, Sunday, uh, last day tomorrow, the Capitol call line. If you want to write this number down, area code 202-224-3121. And both of these bills are dangerous uh, to the health of our nation, and the ramifications of these bills could be tr- just horrendous uh, very soon after. So I'm going to give that number to you again, uh, area code 202-224-3121. And that's a practical thing to do is we want to be practical along with spiritual and what we're doing. Just to give you a few instructions about this, and uh, in, in, uh, a little bit later here after this message, um, we won't have the praise team come up and have kind of a normal ending. We'll have some altar ministry team people here to pray, but we need to really, uh, parents, grab your kids and so forth and, and quickly transition from uh, having service here to having prayer service there. You know, Jesus said, I, I desire, I've called, I've designed my people to be a house of prayer. So we're a house of prayer, and we're going to be moving it from here to, to Heritage Elementary and Christ uh, Community, um, excuse me, Cornerstone. Let's get to C right here. CCA, Cornerstone uh, Christian Academy, uh, down the road and those. And you just choose which direction to go in, and we'll quickly just park near the front, get out of the cars, and uh, we're going to gather by the front door. They have those kind of breezeways there, so we'll be kind of under, uh, away from the, the sun in that sense and, uh, and, and pray as, uh, you know, I'm going to predict, you know, 15, 20 minutes kind of thing. Those who want to stay a little bit longer and do like a, uh, a walk around the building at, at the end of that prayer time, feel free to stay a little bit longer and, and pray a hedge protection as we walk around the building uh, as well. Feel free to stay for that. Don't, don't feel pressure for that. In fact, we know there might be a few of you that don't feel comfortable going outside and so forth right now with the heat. So Dolores Mitchell, she sits back here in the corner. Wave your hand, Dolores. Over on this side is going to be here for a few minutes after the service. So if you, if you would rather just pray here because that just suits you better, she'll lead that. If no one comes, then she's leaving because she's going to go one of the campuses. I can tell you she's going to be praying, and, uh, and it's not going to wait very long for that. Uh, so those, that gives you a feel. If you haven't gotten one of these handouts, grab one from a doorkeeper. These are just good, helpful prayers for you to pray at home. Uh, we're not going to try to cover all of this there. We have a handful of categories that we want to pray there on, on campus, and you can pray and, and feel free to lead out in that. Pray for students, teachers, the staff there 
at that location. Also, the school board, uh, we want to pray for that. Um, and, uh, you know, so there's a handful of categories we definitely want to pray before we leave uh, the campuses today. Uh, so that's a little instruction on what's going to happen uh, here a little bit later. Well, we're in Matthew chapter 12. And I have to admit that the events, the current events of what's going on in our nation as they've been unfolding and building, and then this week with seeing what's happening in Afghanistan, I was just really overwhelmed and in prayer in my heart. And I feel like today, and it ended up being a two-part message, I'm not going to be able to get it in today, uh, but what on earth is going on, or maybe it's what is going on in the earth. And we really need scriptural, biblical frameworks, how to, to think through some of the things that we're hearing and seeing. And so I'm going to tackle that today. Um, and, and you know how every you know, topic is a hot topic, is a controversial topic. We believe that we're unified in Christ before other issues. And so you're going to love me even if you don't agree with me today, aren't you? <laughs> and I like that. We can do that as believers. We can love each other even if we don't agree with each other. And we have a lot to walk in unity with, and, uh, and so we definitely want to do that. I want to tell you that, that this is a time and a season where people are grieving. The confusion going on in our young people, our children, and our nation, and now the world, the anger is growing, and also the fear. But just like Jesus said, Come to me who are weary, fearful, grieving, anger. Come to me who are heavy laden. I will give you rest for your souls. You don't want to live in fear. You don't want to live in anxiety. And you need to have, in fact, for me personally, this as a college student, this was the first scripture I ever memorized as a freshman in college which dealing with fears and anxieties that I was dealing with as a freshman. 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. You, you just need to, you need to be able to roll that off your tongue any time of the day, right, folks? To remind you when that anxiety starts increasing, that fear hits you with something you're hearing about. That no, no, God, this, he he's bigger than all these things. Yes, there'll be trials and tribulations in the world, but. Take heart, I've overcome the world. So we go to a higher source, God, who has not given us a spirit of fear. We receive from him, him, these good things of power, of love, and a sound mind. So we can walk in that. So in Matthew chapter 12, uh, kind of the last half of chapter 12, really starting in verse 22. I'm just going to read certain verses and highlight a couple of things. There's, you know, about a handful of themes in the rest of this chapter. I'm not going to hit on that. And probably next week, Lord willing, we're going to go ahead and jump into Matthew 13, uh, which is a chapter of parables. But starting at verse 22, I'm just going to not read it. I'm just going to kind of retell a story that's happening. That Jesus heals a demon-possessed man from blindness and muteness. He couldn't talk. He was mute. And he healed him, and he got rid of that 
that demon that was doing this to his body. And the crowd was amazed. And, of course, they're seeing this man. Now he can They knew him. They knew him and his name. They knew. And now he can see. He wasn't a stranger to them. And now he's speaking uh, maybe the first time in his life. And, and, and the crowd is amazed. They're seeing this joy, this freedom, this healing on this man. I mean, the, the place is erupting with joy and excitement and praises to God. And they, is, is this the son of God? Is this, is this the son of David, the, the, uh, the Messiah that we've been looking for? And as soon as the religious leaders heard that, they knew, oh, oh no, we're, we're losing our power, we're losing our control over the people, our, 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 our power and position. If they turn to him, look, and they accuse him and they say, you, you must, uh, what you do is you cast out demons by Beelzebub. Which is mean saying, Beelzebub representing Satan or uh, a big demon, you, you take, you know, Satan and you somehow, you cast out demons. And Jesus just uses logic to refute them. He just uses logic. He doesn't go into some deep theological thing and quote a bunch of scriptures. And he says, how can a house divided by in itself stand? How could Satan do that? His kingdom would immediately fall. We know he wouldn't do that. And he says in verse 28, he says, But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. That's verse 28. He says, it's just plain and simple. The Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, has cast this demon out, and the kingdom of God has come. Look, look at his face. Look at the joy. He's set free from this bondage. He's set free from this, this sickness and the blindness. And the, you, you, you can't imagine the joy that he was in. His family and friends are hugging him. They're so excited. Look at how wonderful the fruit of this healing. How could you attack this thing and say that Satan did this and Satan cast it out? Satan wouldn't want to do anything good for somebody that produces good fruit like this and changes their heart. So he just uses logic and says, you're not even making sense. Isn't it great that we pray in the Lord's Prayer, uh, the disciples' prayer, really, uh, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that's what he says. This deliverance from evil, this being healed is God's kingdom coming upon him and his family. And now he doesn't have to beg. And now his, his whole, he can work now and, and he can earn an income. And his whole life is changed for the better. It's good fruit. Just look at it. The kingdom of heaven is here. And so one of the points that, um, that I'll make again, but moving forward here, logic, that, that Jesus uses logic a lot in his you know, debate with the religious leaders and people and explaining things. He's used logic. And that evil cannot remove evil. And the Spirit of God can remove evil and bring the kingdom of God. It's just plain and simple. A child can understand this. Everybody can understand this. It's not too deep. I want to skip uh, in another passage in chapter 12 and kind of pick up on this theme of just common sense and logic. Verse 33. I'll have it here on the screen as well, through verse 37. Jesus says, make, either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. 
For the tree is known by its fruit. You brood of vipers, talking to those accusing uh, religious leaders, how can you, being evil, speak what is good? For the mouth speaks out of that which fills the heart. The good man brings out of his good treasure what is good, and the evil man brings out of his evil treasure what is evil. But I tell you that every careless word that people speak, they will give an, an accounting for it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Let's pray right now. Lord, help us with our words. Help me, a preacher, with my words. That they're not careless, that I'm led by the Spirit, that I have confirmation when I need it, Lord God. And that we are, because you said it, you, there is an accountability for our words. And so what we're finding is that Jesus, again, and repeatedly in the Gospel of Matthew, but we'll see it in other places, Apostle Paul, other places, just brings up this logic that, hey, what you sow, you shall reap. It's as simple as every day when you walk, you know, out, outside and you see grass and, you're, and for them it's an agriculture. Every farmer you see, it's, it's the sustenance of life. It's what makes the world tick. What you sow, you shall reap. It's, it's what justice is built on. What someone sows, they'll get back what's deserved. If you sow something good, you'll get blessed with something good. And that's justice. They were blessed for doing something good. Someone that breaks, uh, uh, you know, a law and and does a crime and hurts somebody, they're going to be punished by the law. And that's justice. And that's, it's, it's just common sense. It's in everyday life. It what makes the world tick. And he said, you can't get away from this. So my second statement of logic is, the tree is known by its fruit. Every careless word is accounted for. We can't escape this, uh, you know, aspect of life and now praise god if you're a believer and god often shows it to all people there's there's waves of mercy there's seasons of mercy and when we receive his blood let me tell you you need it if you haven't uh here listening to me now or online or on video some other day if you don't know jesus christ in your heart you haven't turned away from your sins to turn to god so you want his blood because it's 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 a blood of mercy it gives it cleanses you from sin and it 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 actually gives you a new life in a new way and many things that he will protect you from you won't reap consequences of and particularly what we deserve in eternal life and that hell it's his blood is the blood of mercy and he gives us right passage with his righteousness into heaven and we escape the wrath of God, hell, and we get to go to heaven. Sometimes we do pay, you know, I don't know, call it, you know, consequences, results of before we were Christians and decisions we made back then, right? And, and years later, there can be consequences of that, but God gives us grace when we trust him. But it's just plain and simple that every tree is known by its fruit. If it's a dying fruit and dying leaves, you know it's, it's a dying tree down on the inside of the tree and in the roots. It's, if you know if it's a poisonous tree, then it's something dangerous. It's an evil tree. It's just common sense. This is going to apply to some current events today in a minute, so just give me a little bit more time as I get into this. I want to switch over to a, a passage in Ephesians chapter 6 and get more specific on what on earth is going on on our earth or above the earth. Ephesians 6, 
verses 10 through 13 begins to point us in that direction. It says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of His might. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, and against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of weakness, weakness, uh, wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist an evil day and having done everything to stand firm. I believe, and I've heard this week this phrase, and I think it's a helpful phrase, that there are global bad actors that are working in the heavenly places. There are demonic forces over nations, over continents, that are unleashing evil plans. Uh, when we talk about something today, it's, it's not just affecting, you know, Shelbyville, uh, our four-county area, our, na- our, our state, our nation. It is global. Things are happening globally constantly. International, universal. It's, it's not just here or in our nation. And I believe that these global bad actors, they are spiritual. They are evil, uh, uh, ruling demons. They're called here world forces of darkness. They're called spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. There is a, this, this is letting us know that there's a, a kingdom rank uh, organization to this, this kingdom of evil, of, of demonic forces. It is organized. And unfortunately, I believe that they are now finding influential global leaders around the world to influence and impact and do their will and their bidding. Lance Walnow is someone who's really couched this term, the seven mountain mandate. And I'm going to throw a diagram up here and explain it and not spend a lot of time on it, but I want to throw it in here right now to help us understand what I believe, again, what on earth is going on. But he says that in, in, in their seven kingdoms, I've heard other people do ten list of ten king, kingdoms, and you can, you know, whatever, and, and that's fine. But his, he says there's basically seven kingdoms in our, in our world and our culture that affect us and have this ruling power in their, in their areas of, of, of field and industry and so forth. One is in arts and entertainment, another one business, the corporate world, financial world, the, the tech world. You've got the church world. You've got education of all levels going into college and, and, post, and graduate and postgraduate and so forth. You have family, a kingdom, just the, the work of what God's doing in the family. Media, all the news and what comes now online. There's so much in the media world and government, local, state, federal, even now world government. And... He says, unfortunately, the church world has put most of its energies in it to itself. And when actually it was always God's design because God's kingdom is greater than any one of those seven, right? God's kingdom is bigger than that and God's kingdom is working in all seven of those. 
And if we just focused on one and, and kind of relinquished just to see what happens, happens. So now these, these seven mountains of power and culture are being uh, led and controlled really by a few elites who have, I believe, spiritual forces and heavenlies affecting them and leading them in a way that is so destructive to the earth. And I, I heard him in another talk, and he even broke it down in what he believed was a percentage. It was really small. That really, even if, uh, and throw that slide back up again, let's say in any area, if the masses, uh, you know, don't believe, a, you know, a certain way in education, most of the teachers, most of the parents, and ever, it doesn't really matter. It's, the, it's a small percentage, you know, 3, 5, 10% who are leading the educational field, who will be the decisions make, decision makers. So even if it's, you think democracy's great, we're going to be able to adjust as the masses and the people, make all the decisions. Uh-uh. Let me tell you, who's at the top making the decisions will affect the whole realm, the whole uh, domain. Do you see that, folks? So it, it really was a mistake that we, uh, and I believe it's true, we have. We've gotten so just enjoying our own, you know, a world that we did not stay uh, involved and work our way up purposely because we want to be the decision makers in each one of these kingdoms. But I believe God is due to it. I, I believe that, that the things are changing even as we speak, I think it's, there's rising from that, the masses, even the majority, things are rising. But here's my statement, that global bad actors, now I'm talking more about uh, the elite, those who are in, in control of these areas, are led or influenced by spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. That was my, my next statement there. So these global bag actors in the heavenlies have what I'm just going to call international people that have that kind of influence uh, in this in their realms. Now, for example, I believe that the four biggest ones right now that are impacted is, is that that business world, which I'm going to say the corporate high tech world. That's where the money is, and usually where the money is, that's where the power is. And I believe that that realm is so in control of these demonic forces that hey censorship yeah let's just let's decide uh you know on facebook and youtube and twitter let's decide us elite you know elites here what is said if we don't agree with it we'll just chop it off that's not right that's wrong everybody knows that's not justice that's not promoting democracy and uh and, and being treating people equally and with all, everyone with value we know that but they're doing it anyway why because they got the money they got the power and the, the demons ruling demons know that too and so they have envisioned and, and have in action uh the global reset uh with the world economic economic form it's economic it's social it's educational plans that we can, uh, uh, we as corporate, international corporations, leaders, can help the whole world be a better place like we envision it. Oh, I'm so excited. But the other area that uh, I'm going to mention for right now, media. 
I want to tell you, folks, if you watch, and I'm going to, you know, say this carefully, uh, but if you watch in media, news, news programs that believe that abortion is a right, that you, they believe that children who have transgender changes and helping them medically to change their body, if you watch in the news programs that believe that, they're, they're not thinking straight. Be careful in media what you're, who you're listening to. I don't trust them. I'm going to listen to them extra carefully because on another topic, I don't know where they're coming from. In education, there, uh, you know, in the media, we're finding that there are other uh, media forms to find online and so forth now to say, hey, you know, they can't, we're not on uh, YouTube anymore, can't be, we can't be on Facebook, but we're doing this through these different media outlets, and we need to find those so we can hear other uh, viewpoints that uh, this corporate world, high-tech world is, is, is squelching. Education. The critical race theory is, is such a dangerous theory. It is teaching, you know, children just love to have fun with, with other kids. They don't see color. They just say, hey, you want to go play on the swing set? All right, let's go. You're my pal. It, it, there's no color. The kids don't grow up with color. Uh, as, as, and that's what this, this curriculum is doing. It's saying you instantly, because of your color, either you have advantages or disadvantages, and that's just the way it's going to be, and it's, it's a dangerous mindset. Let's, let's empower them that you have gifts and abilities, uh, no matter, it doesn't matter what color skin you have, to be all that you can be. But education is a target of these bad actors in the heavenly realms to get to our children and into our young adults all through their educational experience. And I'm glad to see that at school boards or uh, meetings are hot places right now because there's a lot of uh, people speaking up at their school board meetings. Now, just to throw this in here, we're, go, we're a praying church where there's a growing prayer movement in Shelby County, the unceasing prayer movement that is uh, coming together in a community gathering every month. Next Thursday, September 2nd, we're going to be on campus at Collins High School. And uh, the this principal there is a Christian. He's going to be there at that prayer meeting. Please be there. It's not a school board meeting to gripe about the school. We're there to bless as God's people to unleash blessing and protection on our school systems in our in our region, right? So please come next Thursday. But there is this place, right, to to um, to, to voice, uh, you know, your concerns and process that. So really, when I talk about government, I don't think it's the it's the most powerful realm that's out there. I believe that that actually the corporate world, the media world, and probably education are even more powerful than our government. Well, I'm, I've got a really, really good scriptures passage to go through. <laughs> I don't have enough time to get into it right now. Ah. <laughs> hmm. 
Because the scriptures are, so, you, you, I, want to see, I, want, I want to just talk about it. I want to show the scriptures on this. I'll tell you what I want to do. Because we are living it out today uh, in, in being um, strategic in the way we pray, uh, by going to these two schools, I, I don't want to rush through this next passage. It's it's out of Romans uh, Romans chapter one, and so that'll be part of my part two uh, next week. Um, but we'll we'll I still want to go to Ephesians chapter six and and finish out this this chapter. So. Why, you know, why, why go to the schools and go on location? You know, there are missionaries love this, that one form of a mission trip is an intercessory prayer mission trip. And where either part or, or maybe even most of the trip, you're praying on location in certain areas. I know one of the trips to Honduras to spare a mission, I took a team up to a... Up the Bordos, uh, and took one of their leaders with us, wouldn't do this, it was the daytime, you know, by ourselves, but one of their native leaders, uh, Chris Lopez, and went to the kind of the upper parts of the Bordos, which were just more dangerous, more gang-ridden, and we prayed there. I, for years, Chris Lopez thanked me for that. Because he knew, he believed that was effective praying by being uh, up there in, in a, a specific area. But there's people that travel in different nations and will join with the missionaries and just pray over their ministries and the places where they're having ministries. We, much of the Israel mission trips uh, led by Joel and Carol League, uh, a good portion of that was that. Where we were praying on location over leaders in their ministries. And, and you, they were just like, oh, this is wonderful. Thank you so much. And so on location is another way to... Even though there is no distance in prayer, we know that, right? And that's why we, we pray 24-7, no matter where we are. To uh, focus our faith, to be more specific, and to take authority over ways that... And, and this is our territory. This is, we're, we're, we're called to love our neighbors. And, and to be honest, in the charismatic movement, we in the 70s, 80s, even 90s, were con, uh, known as a regional... Uh, church and the charismatic movement impacted the whole evangelical church there's better worship better preaching uh, than ever because of the charismatic movement and so now people don't travel as far to go to the charismatic churches because they either find other ones or they find good good worship and preaching you know five minutes from them instead of 35 minutes from them and so we want to recapture this idea that God has placed us here in this little community called Clay Village. We can still use that because there's a little sign that says Clay Village when you you come by. God has placed us here, and he's got divine appointments in this part of the county, of the uh, eastern part of the county. He's placed us here to have impact to our neighbors and to follow the, the commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. So we are commissioned to pray. We're commissioned to be a witness in this part of the county. And I, I'm, that's one reason I'm so 
excited about going um, on to um, on the camp, you know, outside of the front doors of these two schools. And we'll follow up with a note to let them know that we prayed for them, so they're aware of that. We're doing, you know, two to three little encouraging note cards and thanks to the Heritage Elementary School teachers and staff, uh, like a little gift card to Starbucks and things like that. We'll do a little that a couple times a year to build a relationship with them. But in Ephesians chapter 6, I want us to actually do this by faith, is that we are, and I believe, pulling down strongholds in our county as we pray. That I'm asking the Lord to make our prayers effective, that one can pull a 1,000 of fright, but, but two, when we're in agreement, can pull 10,000 uh, demon forces to flight and break up their kingdom. And that's where we are, and that's what we want to be. And you and, are under the authority of the eldership, and the eldership are leading us to pray. And so I want us to put on the full armor of God today before we leave in Ephesians chapter 6. And this is, uh, many of you do this often, every day, every week, or on a consistent basis. It's a great a way to see who you are and what you're like because you're putting on your clothes. You're putting on the Lord Jesus Christ. And it equips you and makes you ready for uh, the battle intensity of life and any temptations and demonic forces out there. It is an armor that assumes that you're going forward. So either you're following Jesus, or you've got other soldiers covering your back, and you're covering that back, your back, but you're covered all around uh, one way or the other. And so we have these scriptures, I believe, on the, uh, uh, up on, on the overhead. And I'm going to ask you to stand with me as we pray, uh, as in a sense, by faith, putting on the full armor of God. As you know, it begins with, you know, stand firm. So let's go ahead and stand (laughs) and assume that position if you're comfortable with that and able to do that. So, Lord, we thank you that uh, we have no fear because you don't give us a spirit of fear. But in these prayers today and every day, Lord, that we are enlisted in the army of God to be prayer warriors for your kingdom. And thank you, Lord, that by your grace, you empower us to do that and do that well, effectively, and fruitful, fruitfully. And so we follow the instructions of Ephesians chapter 6, that we're going to put on the Lord Jesus Christ, and we're going to stand firm for Heritage Elementary and Cornerstone Christian Academy. And, Lord, we are, we are vessels of of bringing, Lord God, the kingdom of God to come and the kingdom of God and the will be done there. And, and we'll pray for homeschooling families as well in, in our county when we're over there. So, Lord, it says, stand, form, stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth. So, Father, our loins, our waist, we are girded with truth, the spirit of truth, the word of truth. That's how we want to think. That's how we want to pray. That's how we want to live. Lord, we, number two, we want to put on the breastplate of righteousness. This is not our righteousness earned. It's not our righteousness that we, we uh, worked up. Lord, this is your righteousness from your blood. We receive it. It's a gift to us. Thank you. It protects our heart. It, it shines brightly. 
Lord, number three, we want to shod our feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Lord God, we want to think in peace, be led by the spirit of peace, the prince of peace. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that we don't walk in fear, we don't walk in anxiety, but we walk in peace. And there, uh, that, that peace gives us sure footing, even in intense times. For we want to uh, take up the shield of faith, which is able to extinguish all the fiery darts of the evil one. Thank you, Lord, that this shield of faith is anointed by your Holy Spirit. It's a faith, Lord God, that we renew daily, Lord God. It helps us march forward despite arrows flying at us, Lord, and that shield protects us and extinguishes those fiery darts. Lord, we take up the helmet of salvation. Lord, this is a gift from God. This is, uh, it protects our mind. We have uh, the, the promise of the mind of Christ with this helmet of salvation, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that it gives us ears to hear the Spirit of God uh, leading us and guiding us. Lord, we thank you that today and, and every day, Lord, that we take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Lord, we know your, your scriptures, your Bible is powerful. It's uh, like a two-edged sword, and it goes deep, Lord, dividing a soul and spirit, bones and marrow, Lord God. It knows the will of God. And, Lord God, so we, Lord Jesus, as we pray and as we live, Lord, we depend on the sword of the Spirit, and we speak the sword of the Spirit. It comes out of our mouth. We speak it when we read it, when we stand on it, Lord, we speak it. And with that, Lord God, your will be done. Your kingdom comes. And Lord, we thank you that with all prayer and petition, we pray also in the Spirit, in our gift of tongues, Lord God. In that prayer language, we pray in the Spirit. And Lord, we want to be alert today with all perseverance as we petition for the saints, Lord God, at these schools. We thank you for Cornerstone taking a stand for truth and the gospel in this county, Lord. And Lord, we also at Heritage, Lord, you have sent believers there. Uh, as as missionary teachers for children and for their uh, for their staff, Lord God. So we are in petition for them today, Lord God. These saints. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that we are effective in prayer, and we, Lord God, are pulling down strongholds. That your light and your power will be at work, and it's going to be a great school year for Heritage Elementary and Cornerstone. In Jesus' name, Amen. I'm going to ask the altar ministry team to go ahead and come here and be available if you do uh, need prayer about something, and that's, you know, it's an urgent matter. That's fine. Let's, let's get some prayer for you. Online, uh, we have a prayer line that you can call. It's a phone line that we keep open for the next 30 minutes um, uh, on Sunday mornings, and that's available for you to have prayer. If you're not going to a location, Dolores is going to be over here. Uh, but the rest of us, if we could move out of the sanctuary, so if those people are going to be praying, you know, they'll have that quietness there. And then the rest can go ahead and get your children and get, uh, go to your cars. And uh, in a sense, you uh, choose which direction. And, and then we'll gather it in just a number of a few minutes there by the front doors. Be blessed. Have a great week. Love you guys. It's great to be together. All right. See you soon.